there was another class, like one class after that that was pretty good. And then every class after that, it was like, oh, South Carolina just missed. They ain't missed. Right. Steve, Steve, was at, Steve was drinking Coors Light at Daytona and was playing a lot of golf. Yeah, with the shirt off. With the shirt off. Yeah. You know, but some but, with the visor somehow. I don't know why. Well, it's, that's, that's not I'm sure he does lots of things with the visor yeah. on. Georgia is set to face the Gamecocks at 7.30 p.m. in Columbia this coming Saturday night. But that is not a certainty because of Hurricane Matthew, which is set to impact the low country and other parts of South Carolina this coming weekend. As of Wednesday afternoon, at the time of this recording, there has been no definitive solution to where and even if the game will be played. But I'm sure that by Wednesday evening or Thursday morning, the conference and athletic directors will have made a decision. So stay tuned. Hey there, my name is Scott Duvall, and you are listening to episode 57 of the Waiting Since Last Saturday podcast. In this show, my co-hosts Tony Waller and Will Leach, and myself, we all discuss potential sites to play the game, but more importantly, how Georgia stacks up against South Carolina on the field. It's surely been a tough week for the team, as it has been for you and me, after that Tennessee loss on Saturday. But towards the end of our show, the three of us predict how we see this season panning out. Could Georgia even sneak into the SEC championship game, with a lot of help, of course? Or are the dogs set to go on an epic winning streak? Stay tuned to hear our thoughts. So, to get us started today, here's Will. So, all right, guys, uh, here's my first question um, uh, for all of us. And I, I ask this at the table less as a uh, – I ask it more as a conversation starter than any notion of uh, – because uh, I, I kind of feel like this works out better when Scott's the host. I feel like I yammer too much on these things. Uh, too late. Too late. Well, I know this. Well, too late for yammering or too late on hosting? Yep. Both. Both? Okay, then I'll just You stop can't talk. see me. I'm doing the international, not me sign. Then I'm just going to stop talking, and I'm just going to l- let you delete the first fi- uh, minute and 15 no, seconds No, I'll definitely use that. But I figured what we would do is we would start this podcast off by asking one singular question. If... A podcast happens and no game is played. Did it really happen? <laughs> That's really the whole idea behind podcasts, right? <laughs> I mean, football games are just contracts for podcasts. Exactly. It just gives us a reason to get together, drink yeah. bourbon, and talk to each other. Yeah. So, well, realize too that like most of the things that we preview in podcasts, like most of these, we discuss. Oh, what if this happens? What if this mm-hmm. happens? What if this happens? Does not actually happen. Yeah. Like so anytime we preview something, we are already talking about something that's that's not. Most of our my picks, for example, are also previewing something that that does not happen. I think Will's what Will is very artfully saying is that uh, you know you, you pull enough stuff out of your ass. Sometimes it's right, and uh, tonight's not going to be different, even if we don't have a football game. Right. Right. What I've seen so far, and you can correct me uh, if you've seen something updated on Twitter. <laughs> I've seen the governor of South Carolina issue basically a statement saying. That game is not happening in Columbia. What, this what, was it a statement? I think it was more. She was doing a press conference, right? Someone and, asked her, and, and she said it a little off the cuff, right? Yeah. You're exactly right. right. A little off the cuff, like yeah. not happening. And then you read some of the other things where South Carolina is canceling classes starting on Wednesday, and they're do pointing, they really have classes anyway? No, nah, probably not. Maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe that's debatable. And then the um, the interstate I-26 uh, starting tomorrow, meaning on Wednesday or Thursday. All lanes are going to be heading towards Columbia, all four lanes. So so for those of you that don't follow weather religiously, there's a hurricane. Uh, it's currently kind of if you think of Jamaica, the island of Hispanola, which is uh, the Dominican Republic and Haiti and Cuba is sitting dead in the middle of all of them. You can move up through the Bahamas, skirt the coast of Florida and then probably Georgia and make a basically follow the coast, a mm-hmm. curve. Here's the hard part about that is that it turns 
to the west another hundred miles, they that potentially is dead over Columbia. You know, yes. about kickoff, right? <laughs> which yes. I don't know if you're familiar with hurricanes. That's not optimal. No, but, hey, it can't hurt the Georgia kicking game. <laughs> Too soon. Too soon. Too soon. Damn. I was going to talk about the great things that happened last week. <laughs> we hit a field goal. No, no, no. We're looking forward. We're looking yeah, forward. We're, we're looking not looking forward. back anymore. We're looking forward to things that might not happen. Right. <laughs> so um, really the problem is, is that these decisions, I know people are like, oh, what? let's see what happens. We just decide. Well, football game involving more than a high school crowd, a high school sized crowd it, is an endeavor. Uh, I was talking to somebody today who, you know, was talking with somebody who works with the university police department and they were like, you know, normally it takes us a week to, to our, our plan basically calls for a week for all home games. So if we start Wednesday morning, you know, the very best we can hope for is to get close. The corollary to that is that the game in Columbia, it's not just what the weather in Columbia is going to be. They've issued mandatory evacuations for the coast of South Carolina, which means there's an awful lot of manpower and resources that are going to be ordinarily will be used to help, you know, do things like protect people, which you need in Columbia. Yeah. Uh, right. And like an usher 70,000 70, into a very small yeah, area. Yeah, into a small area. So it's not as simple as say, let's have it here, let's have it there. You know, I think you can look online. By the time you're hearing this, you may well know what it's going to be. But, yeah, it'll probably um, it'll probably be announced tomorrow. I would think you'd have to. Yeah, I think my uh, guess is it'll be tomorrow. announced on Wednesday. tomorrow's Wednesday, right? Two to three minutes after we finish this podcast. Yep. Well, that's how it usually the way happens. this works, we arise, we go downstairs and fix our live stream. That's how it usually happens. So, and the, the exact words that Governor Haley used was, "I can't imagine right. South Carolina and UJ playing Saturday night in Columbia." Right, and that was in the context of her. Um, of her press conference announcing the emergency uh, right. the declaration of emergency for coastal South Carolina. So, having said all of that, yeah, We're, what, so, Georgia so Dome. What do you? <laughs> yeah, mean, what do you option, think will happen? The options options are um, an NFL stadium not in use this weekend, um, which Charlotte, includes the Georgia includes the Georgia Dome. Charlotte, uh, the Panthers play Monday night, which, considering the rain that Charlotte's probably going to get, right. probably make takes it's that the out table. of what the about equation. Clemson? You know, the hard part about that, and I had the conversation with somebody today, and the hard part about that is I don't see the SEC allowing one of their conference games to be played in a, a, in a rival conference stadium like that. I, I could see them going to App State. I could see them going to <laughs> App State. Why not? If you're not going to sell tickets, why not? Hey, if Mark Rick can go there. If Mark so, Rick <laughs> what, were you afraid to play there because Mark Rick's play there? So so th- that brings up a good question. Remember when the tornado hit the Georgia Dome sure, during the, the Georgia basketball? Sure, the miracle. Swansea miracle. Right. And so they played against Kentucky and won two games that day, but they did not sell tickets and didn't let anybody in. Uh, yeah, that's, that's a myth, by Alexander the way. There were, there were, plenty of, there were a lot of people there. By the way, the more and more Georgia people you talk to, there were probably 17,000 people there. Right. It only holds nine. Right. Uh, 9,000. So uh, or only held 9,000. Um, but, you know, that's a good point. Uh, but that was a little different situation. That was an entire conference tournament, and they really were faced with – I mean, everything on the table was there from just declaring Kentucky, who was the regular season winner, the, the tourney champion or, or automatic bid champion, no tourney champion. Um, but that was uh, – the basically the selection committee said, well, because that's not how your conference normally awards your – you would lose your auto bid. Oh. Um, so that's why they decided And then Kentucky out. lost out – the altogether. Georgia got the auto, yeah, which exactly. was even better. So I, and kept his job for probably a couple of years longer than he would longer have yeah. needed. The long and the short of it is that we should know something probably about the time you're listening to this. If I had to guess, I would say Sunday afternoon at the Georgia Dome is looking as likely as in Columbia. 
we can wake up in the morning that things turn to the right a bunch and we still have the game in Columbia. Exactly. Um, yeah, there's been no formal announcement this game. There's been no against. formal announcement as of, what, 9 o'clock on Tuesday night. Maybe what I'll do is, since we're recording this on Tuesday, I'll hold the release of this podcast till maybe later in the evening. That way we know, and then I can maybe get y'all's thoughts if it's big news, if or if it's kind of a yawner, or oh God, I can add some it, thoughts. The longer you hold it, the more long, the longer they're going to wait. Yeah, yeah that's <laughs> and, right. the, and the longer, well, also, but the more pointless this whole conversation we exactly. had. Exactly. Exactly. Well, I can <laughs> always edit this out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah there might not be a uh, show left. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, w- I wish we could have like a breaking news sounder, and then Tony say, "Oh, here we go. Here's when it's going to be played." I'm beep, curious because. One thing I feel like we should discuss is why there's no way it would be allowed to be at Sanford Stadium. And I think there's several reasons for that. One is obviously the, the security and all we talked about that. But also, uh, as Seth Emerson reported this earlier, South Carolina, somewhat dickishly, if you ask me, would insist that if they did that, that they get Georgia's home game next year. And that would leave Georgia with only five home games next year. Oh, God. The schedule be- next year would be... That would be awful. Yeah, that would be unacceptable. That should tell you everything you know about the schedule next year. That losing South Carolina would devalue the conference, uh, the the entire home schedule, right? Yeah, it's by fast. easily a factor of more than more than just one game. What yeah. is the best home game next year? There isn't one. South Carolina. Wow. I mean, no. I mean, you do get to go to Notre Dame next year. Yeah. But. Yes, I do. What? <laughs> um. So you know, I think. I, look, I, I get why. I get why you you make that demand though. Right. I mean, this is not a situation where um, it's not quite the situation where it was two years ago where there was an uh, and it could well end up being this way. But it's not yet a, a disaster where it's a true disaster in the, the scale that the flooding was. in the that was Columbia last area. year. Yeah, it was. Last yeah. Year. So, sorry. I mean, that would be that would be two years in a row that South right. Carolina lost a home game. And the but the other part about that is that was a that was the a one off Western Division rivalry. Right. So, exactly. So it didn't matter. Uh, right. Right, right. So the LSU people got a break. They don't have to go back to Columbia for 24 years. Um, <laughs> but and there's also no way that speaks to the point that, like, that's why there's no way this would be canceled. Like, there's no way. It's hard to imagine a situation. Yeah. Even though the off days don't work out right. Yeah, but they're playing UMass our off week. So you just cancel that. You punt that game. Because that game really doesn't matter. Yeah. And then you play Georgia the week before Florida. But that requires a huge buy-in of UMass, I would Yeah. Assume. I mean, that hurts. That also hurts UMass. Yeah. Because they don't have. Who cares about UMass? UMass does. Well, I mean, UMass I guess Dan Mullen does. They they went up to wherever they play. Yeah, they hung out. They hung out okay yeah. with Mississippi yeah. State. So. Yeah, so maybe well, they do. Well, want to train. Let's move on to more substantive issues, meaning like blocking, tackling, catching the balls, kicking field goals. We're not going to rehash Tennessee. Well, as little as possible. Maybe talk about how Eason has really grown up. He's almost at a thousand yards passing already and playing what four and a half games. And um, so, you know, maybe let's talk about how we see Georgia going in the close to the second half of the season. I mean, it's, it's funny. We, last week, we uh, during the, the recap of the game that shall not be named, right. um, we seem to go under the assumption that there's like, OK, it's a bummer. And one of the main reasons it's a bummer is because they can't really win the East right now. <laughs> That's not 100 percent. Certain. I mean, like for crying out loud, Tennessee has now to. They've uh, been exposed a little bit. Well, yeah, yeah, and frankly, they've got two real. There's two games where they're going to be one. They're an underdog this weekend, and they're going to be. They're going to College Station. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And uh, and they're going to be an underdog against Alabama. So there's two. So obviously, you need still one more, and you need Georgia to win out. 
Which I have to say, I, I think that Georgia winning out is just as like is. I mean, I think they beat Florida. Right. You know, I think that 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 that's the case there. So, by the way, I'm back. By the way. I oh yeah, welcome back, Will. Thanks right. for yeah. not traveling today. Yeah, sorry. Um, and but yeah, so I feel like uh, that's really the issue there is whether the idea that this game now doesn't matter or Georgia's season moving forward is somehow like oh well, let's just hope we can get a little above the belt bowl. Uh, I don't know if that's necessarily true. Particularly, I mean, if Tennessee beats Texas A and M. Yeah, I think that's a foregone conclusion. Then, then, then we know. Yes, it is. But they're not favored in this game, mm-hmm. and uh, it's game day, by the way. And oh, really? Mm-hmm. Oh, what are what are their rankings? I haven't, like I said, I, I, I still haven't read anything. I haven't looked at anything. <laughs> I don't even know what the rankings are this week. Uh, Tennessee is nine. A and M is twelve. I think. Hold on, let's see. Um, it's funny. I actually saw not to bring up bad things, but I actually saw the play for the first time yesterday afternoon on mm-hmm. uh, on replay. I had not seen it on replay, so I had not seen it actually on the television. It was a well executed eight play. nine eight nine eight nine. Okay, uh-huh. yeah, A and M's eight. Yeah, Tennessee's nine. It was not. It was um, less flukish than I wanted it to be. Is probably the best way to describe that play. No, it was a good play. Yeah, I mean, that's they, what I mean. I mean, that's but, what I mean. But Georgia also played the, the ball well too. Yeah, I know, I know. But but the problem is, is it wasn't ever like the Auburn play. Oh yeah, oh, that was now, a, yeah. That feels just an insane crazy. That was thing uh, that, that was utterly found. Whereas it's this, like it's like they found a wall. That was where, yeah. Whereas something. this this was a play that was well executed and was able to be well executed because Georgia made a couple of mistakes that gave them extra yards. Right. Which therefore that like to do the oh how like uh, I know that I'm was not that I, and I haven't seen the play was that as far as he could have thrown it. I, I don't think so. No. I don't think so. No, and, I think he had probably another twenty. Yeah. Time. Okay. And, okay. So really, people that are harping on the fact that we got the five yard offside didn't really make that much of a difference. But the, the but difference, it makes it makes it easier to run a play. You sure. might have a play to run it fifty yards. Yeah. You probably don't have a play to run it sixty yards. Right. Yeah. The right. other the, the difference is is that even if you can throw the ball another twenty yards, which would be sixty five yards, um, you're talking about another twenty yards. The receivers have to to get mm-hmm. it's another 20 it's another length of time that the offensive line has to protect him um it's just it, there's less there's less margin for error mm-hmm. yeah. and and so i think which i will say has i having watched that play has made has helped me deal with the loss a were little you looking bit. for a hold uh i wasn't looking I was, for a hold. i was looking for a hold. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's probably a, that makes sense but i found myself less this game is cursed this we are cursed in the god by the gods this game this is well, really you haven't been here long enough <laughs> regardless of that, regardless of the history, I mean, it felt less like, oh, what terrible luck for us to lose this game, and more, actually, we did some stuff wrong that not only led to that play, but I think allowed that play to happen. So that actually made me feel a little better. It wasn't. It made me feel better in an odd way, in that, like, you know what? There's something that Georgia did wrong to put themselves in this position, as opposed to how, in the, of course, like the Auburn play, where the Auburn play, oh. they didn't do anything wrong on that play. They didn't put this, do anything wrong to put themselves in that position. They just lost because of a freak piece of luck, because that's what Auburn was doing that year. Yeah, so that was that's, a fourth down. All you gotta do is knock it down. They were trying to go for the pick. I, that's the the craziest part about that whole thing is that wasn't even the craziest play they engaged in in that seven day period. <laughs> yeah. I know, I know, okay. I know. I mean, I, I mean, I have to give Alabama credit. I mean, thank you, thank you, Nick Saban for, um, thank you, Nick Saban for for arguing there should be another second on the clock because the kick six is the play where he talks about the prayer of Jordan Hare. While it is a part of the lore, it's not one of those. Is, we don't have we don't have to watch it endlessly. That's right. Um, so yeah, yes. but I, I think, but and also I, from now on, Auburn has exhausted its measure of luck forever. So let's assume that Georgia does play South Carolina this weekend, either in the Georgia Dome or at maybe Sandy Creek Park. 
I don't know. But <laughs> I would enjoy that. Yep. I, I mentioned be... all the cars paying the little $2 exactly. fee. The, exactly. Through the, 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 the board stone high school students. Yeah. So, I mean, we, we know what Georgia is, or we think we have an idea of what Georgia is going to try to be. But I haven't seen much of South Carolina uh, this year. I know they've had kind of a, a rough, a rougher start than even Georgia has. I did see them against uh, Mississippi State, and they looked horrible. Yeah, they lost to Kentucky. Um, they lost to Kentucky, <laughs> and then and then they lose to A and M. Uh, and I know I know Trevor Knight had a had a big hand in that. He threw for over two hundred and rushed for about eighty yards in that game. And and that's where that senior transfer leadership comes in hand, handy. But um, what what do we know about? Will Muschamp and what he's doing over at South Carolina. Is it just a lack of talent? Is it the, the fact that they have a freshman quarterback with kind of like the run pass option uh, forte? Uh, do they not have a reliable running back? What is the deal with uh, Carolina? Well, wasn't, yes. Yeah. Okay. yeah I mean, honestly, All right. wasn't this the thing that everyone was talking about Sprayer for the last two or three years? Yeah, he did. He, had, the idea he left of, the like, cupboard bare. He oh. was less engaged. He clearly was getting exhausted with all of it. He clearly was not... It just wasn't invested in the program as he as he had used as he had once been at his peak and was open. And remember when he talked that that was what the worst thing that happened when he talked about like, hey, listen, I may retire after another year. And recruits were like, well, see, ya, forget it. And I think that started them down this role that made this South Carolina job an unattractive enough job that Will Muschamp took it. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God, that's awesomely put. Um, yeah, your training might be complete. So the the. There's two parts about it. The first is is that you have a um, you have a very bare talent pool. I mean, it's not a shock to anybody that after that class that brought in uh, like Alshon Jeffrey and um, oh Marcus Lattimore and Jadavi Clowney that that was kind of peak. That was going to be it. And there was another class, like one class after that, that was pretty good. And then every class after that, it was like. Oh, South Carolina just missed. They ain't missed. Right. Steve was at Steve was drinking Kerr's Light at Daytona and was playing a lot of golf. Yeah, with the shirt off. With the shirt off, yeah. you know. But still but, with the visor somehow. I don't know. Why. Well, it's that's, that's not. I'm sure he all, does lots of things with the visor yeah, on. That's not, so, uh, that's not keeping all the sun off. Man. The uh, no, it's not one of those floppy visors. <laughs> what were we talking about? So, uh, and they. Um, so that's the first part. The second part is is that. You have a defensive-minded coach who wants to play smash-mouth football. And smash-mouth coaching. And smash-mouth coaching. He just doesn't have the players. They've been outgained. Uh, running, they've been outgained 2-1, to 1,000 yards to 500 and something wow. yards. Uh, Passing-wise, they've been outgained uh, a pretty close uh, margin, uh, you know, like 1,000 to 985. They've, you know, they've given up 30 more first downs. You know, their total offense is there at 75% of what their their opponents are at. Um, Time of possession, you know, they're behind. We saw last week time of possession isn't the greatest stat. Um, But But they got a field goal kicker. They do have a field goal kicker, uh, Elliot Fry, seven for ten, and that he is only seven for ten, and was something like twenty-one of twenty-four last year. Tells you even how that's going for for them. This should be a game if you if we hadn't lived through the past ten years of Georgia South Carolina games. This should be a game that Georgia can come in and just do okay with. It just simply being Georgia because we do have that we can out talent them. Games earlier in the season has shown that we can't do that 
Um, well, usually we play them the first SEC game of the season, and, yeah. and this year it's been moved back. It's been flip floppity ever since Missouri ruined our schedule. Well, <laughs> well, Midwesterners, South Carolina people will tell you, you know, the long tradition, the history, the tradition, uh, noble tradition of Georgia playing South Carolina early in the season was ruined. Uh, you know, the whole the, well, it's whole not a noble tradition. Years of it. The reason why Georgia fans wanted to play uh, South Carolina later in the season is because they would have given up by now. <laughs> right. At two and three, they've given up. Hopefully, yes. but it puts you right in the middle of hurricane season. So there's, yeah, yeah, there's, uh, there's an yeah. issue. Well, it's funny. Remember last year, you know, Georgia, the Georgia game was almost seen as Spurrier's last stand. Yeah. You know, they were really kind of struggling. And well, it was. He got, he quit that week. I know. He? That's what I mean. I, you know, I wrote a piece for Sports and Earth that week saying, is this the end for Steve that's Spurrier? Right. You and, are a soothsayer. And, and, well, I mean, I don't know if I was the only person thinking that, but I remember Spencer Hall uh, retweeted the piece and said, see, Spurrier has him exactly where he wants them. And, <laughs> and it's funny because I, I, there was that kind of lore about the way that he and South Carolina had, had was kind of in Georgia's head uh, a little bit. And I think that those days are gone. And you guys can tell me uh, this a lot better than I can like kind of uh, uh, guess about it. Is the normal level of South Carolina, which is to say not now where the cover is completely bare, but not at the peak where they're bringing all these guys. Where is that normal level of South Carolina? It's like, it's like the little brother that is just kind of nipping at your heels and sometimes maybe gets one up on you, but you know that you should be able to handle so it. So is it Georgia Tech? What, what do you mean? Uh, no, it's more it's more along the lines is of it above Kentucky. Yeah, yeah, I yeah think definitely, definitely. Even I the think normal so. level, it's below yeah. Florida and Tennessee. Well, yeah, I gathered that. It's like slightly above Auburn. See, I wouldn't think that. I wouldn't, but you guys would know better than me. Oh, I, I disagree. It's above Auburn. Um, I think if you were to look at it, let's let's put it in terms you probably better little better understand. It's, <laughs> no, 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 no. no uh, let, let me clarify. Puppy dog. <laughs> let, let me let me clarify. It's not like in uh, on. Or, so hold on. Are you asking like where do we see it? No, or where, where do we... is? No, I'm not asking what we think as fans. I mean, South Carolina's what the the level that South Carolina should be. Like right now, Mississippi is playing above its skis. Yes, and eventually Mississippi's going to get back to the normal level. Yeah, they're they're that, in the Mississippi that, range, that the normal Mississippi. Oh, I disagree. Range. Mississippi. Has oh, come national, on. Mississippi has national championships and conference championships. But back in the fifties, sixties. Okay. Were, were you alive back then? When's, what? Tell me the one conference championship South Carolina's They won. had an ACC conference championship back in like the 40s or 50s. 69, full okay. stop. That's close. it. That's close. it. They have one. And, and they won two back-to-back belt, ball, belt balls. No, I'm sorry. Two back-to-back outback balls with Lou Holt. Okay. Will, Will, this will tell <laughs> you. This is, this is everything you need to know. With the exception of one two-year run where they were semi-relevant and had a Heisman Trophy winner. Um and then they have, they were routinely a team where they had never, they had never won, never won a bowl game, right? Or never won back. No, they had bowl. never won a bowl game. They never won a bowl game until Lou Holtz got there, which would have been 2001. So sure. in the 20th century, they're Kentucky. Oh, in the 20th century. Yeah, I think that's right. Okay. But is that Spurrier? No, I mean, not really. Cause I remember when I started, it's, it's co- when I started college okay. in the mid nineties, yeah, they were beating us with yeah with, with that Taney was, Hill and that was a lot more about what we were then. Well, I know it was Ray Goff years, but still, it was like back. It was like one year they would beat us, and then we would beat them, and then they. It was almost like the opposite, you know. Where yeah. When when we were at home, they'd surprise us and and beat us, and we've had some really disappointing South. I mean, they've wrecked our season early in the season before many times. Remember, we in 2011 when we lost to Boise, and then turn around and lose to. South Carolina start zero and two. Then we rattle off ten wins and then lose the last two. But I, in a, from a baseball perspective, they're Seattle. They okay. they call lightning <laughs> in a bottle with the right combination with of Griffey coach and, and players. 
Um, and were really relevant for a number of years, but never quite got over the hump. So Will, that, Will totally understands it now. Yeah. Right? I, I Does that make sense? I understand right? before. The, uh, I understand before. Okay. I, I'm just trying to figure out relation to. So of the teams in the East, natural sea level. Okay. I'm not talking about you've got a super coach. Okay, group. But natural sea level. You group Georgia, Florida, and Tennessee together. Right. Okay. And, and Florida really in the past, well, I guess since the East became a thing. Yeah. Um, you group Vanderbilt and Kentucky mm-hmm. um, together. And you put South Carolina in between those. You put South Carolina and in between. And you shoot it, it, Missouri. It, basically, you dro- yeah. basically, you drop Missouri in there wherever wherever they are. Right. And right. I think, frankly, it remains to be seen. Right. I mean, right. Right. Yeah, if look, if Missouri returns to you know threatening for East titles or what they were right before they came it's into the happen. East, whether it happens or not, I mean they may well belong up in that top. You tier. saw what Ed Ogeron did to Missouri last week. Yeah, sure. Well, it, it's worth remembering that as again as a as a Midwesterner, when Missouri came into the SEC, I thought, well, they they good, they're going to help out a ton in basketball, but they're just going to get drilled <laughs> in football. Flopped. Right, and it's been the it's exact opposite. opposite yeah. So yeah, um, so you know, I think. If you were to look prior to this past 15-year run or however you want to look at it, um, a winning season and getting in a bowl game was a pretty successful season for a lot of South Carolina fans. Um, that's not that's not where they want to be anymore. There's a lot of them actually view themselves very much as uh, the you know, 9-10 win team, even though they've only had back-to-back 10-win seasons once ever. And they've only had like four in their entire career, entire history. Um, so – you know, I, but that that doesn't get us anywhere. Uh, but I guess the way that you describe their history makes them sound like Vanderbilt in Kentucky. No bowl wins for a really long time. Well, more like Kentucky. That's William more F. Like Leach. Kentucky. If you want to tweet him, yeah. So, no, I mean, in all seriousness, like, like I mean, Come did they just bro. get too like this? Is really what the history of college football is? There are certain franchises like you can have crap coaches, and they're still going to bring in guys. Mm-hmm. And the, you know, you can bring in some of the numb nuts that coached Alabama, and they never Alabama was never going to go th- three and nine. You know, so right. there's a certain level, <laughs> even yeah. if you get it. Mike DeBose will. Right, right, right. But you know what I'm saying. Like, there's certain level, like Notre Dame, even like things have to really fall apart. There's a Charlie Weiss fall apart to get down to a certain level. And then eventually all you need to do is get someone competent and they're going to get back to a natural level. You need that extraordinary coach that brings them up. And then the question is, when that guy leaves, do they go back down? You're seeing this with Penn State. Yes. Penn yes. State is a great example of this. Yes. Now, because they had that great coach for so long, uh, it seems like their natural level is higher, but in fact, now we're starting to see from recruiting base and so on that they're not there. Right. And so, to me, what I'm curious is if South Carolina doesn't have a great coach, uh, and they might not, um, is this? Is this? It feels like the hill that he has to. If let's say if so, if Mark Richt, uh, over the Ray Goff era, for example, you talk about um, if that would have fallen apart at the end. But it did. I know. And the way that it fell apart with Spurrier at the end, it feels like taking over the new coach would have less of a climb at Georgia. The Jim Donnan. Yeah, yeah. Than the climb that Muschamp has at South Carolina. Yeah, 100% agree okay. with that. And, That's why I'm trying to get that. And here's the thing. I don't think Will Muschamp is the climb the hill kind of coach. I mean, I think it's easy to see that what he had at Florida and what he loved for McIlwain, um, which won the East last year. Yes. That um, – that he's not a climb the hill kind of coach. Now, a lot of people are ready to posit that he's different. He's changed. They're you know he's taken a different approach. Whatever. Um, and the defense worked at Florida. That and the, def- still the defense worked at Florida, and I think the defense probably can work again at South Carolina. But he is not going to. His defenses look really good when you have superstars. His defenses last year at Auburn were okay, but not great. Even though he had probably one of the top three or four defensive linemen in Shaq Lawson. 
on in the in the nation. So, do you guys buy the theory that South Carolina's going after Kirby Smart is the reason that set George's stuff into motion? I think there's something to that. Kirby, it was time for Kirby to move on, and I think that naturally he wants to come home to Georgia, and he did. But I think if Georgia would have looked like, hey, Coach Rick's going to be here another 10 years, then he's going to be like, I can't wait around for that. I'm going to go to South Carolina. I think absolutely. I think we even talked about that in a podcast, that that was kind of the chess move. And then we had to to checkmate, and that's why it was such a big controversy. Like, I mean, he'd just beaten Tech. We we were on our way to a 10-win season, and he gets canned. And so, yeah, I, I completely agree with that. I mean, we'll never know. I mean, nobody would ever admit that, but uh, or at least in the administration. I don't know. Tony, you look you It's just all pained. It's just all lies, and you never know what's going on. And it, I'm, I'm just talking about how it Ma- seemed I mean, like on the, the optics of it. I mean, Mac Browns just walks out of a booth in the middle of a game. I don't even understand <laughs> well, the world happened? anymore. Because he had to catch a flight. He had to catch a flight. Oh, he's just like, Mac Brown left with 10 minutes left in the BYU-Toledo game. With the, In the fourth quarter, it was like 42-41 or game. something. And he just... He's like, he's, I mean, like, all right, boys, I'm out of here. It's like, really, I mean, he really did just tell Adam yeah. Amin, all right, I got a ca- plane to catch. And and he did have to be at the studio show the next day. Like, it's not like he was leaving to go hit the beach. But I just yes. like to imagine. Oh, my God. I didn't know that. I just like to imagine Mac Brown's one of these people just feels like he really should be at the Salt Lake Airport four <laughs> hours before his flight because you never <laughs> you never know how those TSA people are going to be. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so I understand. That's crazy. Uh, but but having said all that, was that uh, a Friday night game? It was a Friday was. night game. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was like one of the, it was a terrific game. It was a really fun. game. Yeah, it was a great game. And then he, I think he also called the Wisconsin Michigan game, yeah, which yeah. was a I'm sorry, it was a great game. It was a rugged game. That was that, a sick interception. That if that game had been in the SEC, people were like, ugh, what crappy football. Did y'all see that one handed interception? No, I was uh, I was busy watching football live. I saw the I saw the replay. I saw oh, okay. The replay. I was willing to watch that replay. Not oh, that the Georgia replay, replay. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I, you know, I don't know. It's that's I think that's that's probably the there's a there's a possible thirty for thirty there one day if if you know something goes. Really if everyone wrong wins wrong. national championships, everyone's so. right. Okay, so I have a question. Yes, if the game is played, we're gonna the game's gonna be played. It's gonna be played Saturday, Sunday, Monday, somewhere. Georgia Dome, probably. Yeah. If they don't play this weekend, just save this podcast and watch it. Listen to they're it. They're gonna yeah. play yeah. the game. So, you should download it seven or eight more times. So Tony. How do we? I mean, what are we favored by eight and a half? I think. That's not right. saw, how yeah. do we match up? Whether neutral site, pretend it's a neutral site because that's probably what it's going to be. How do we match up offensively versus South Carolina's defense? And then they're they're doing a little bit of the run pass option with McElwain in there on offense. How do you know? I I think that uh, we got a couple sacks. Did we get one sack last week? Yes. Yeah, you know, we're starting to maybe turn a new leaf on defense. What's the matchup look like? Just uh, X's and O's, offense and defense. Uh, offensively, I think we run a lot more of those running plays out of the out of the shotgun. We look a lot more comfortable running that. Um, it, it was gave, good to see we weren't going straight up the a gap. Well, it's not just it's not just about running straight up the a gap. It also allows us to spread out a little bit. Um, we don't have to work on the kind of gaps that we would run if we run the jumbo package. It, and frankly, anytime you put a quarter quarterback already three steps behind, it opens up the the play action a different way. Also. I mean, I think Easton looked more comfortable throwing the ball out of shotgun because yeah. he played shot. I mean, he was a shotgun quarterback in high school, almost exclusively. Yeah. He's also a freshman that is, frankly, going to get a little antsy. Yeah. And anytime, yeah. Any more time that you can give him. Yeah, any helps. more time you give him. So, you know, I I would be very surprised if we don't come out running the ball a lot considering the number of rushing yards when they're giving up in the neighborhood of 200-plus yards a game rushing. Um, and, you know, speaking of that, 
I know we only had Nick Chubb for one play against Tennessee, and I think that was just for him to say, "Hey, I'm, I'm, right. I, and, you and know, exercise some demons." But even if he's not at 100, percent I am quite confident after seeing uh, what Sony. Of course, we all know what Sony can do. But Brian Harrion looked really uh, shifty, even yeah. in the middle, making a lot of guys miss. <clears throat> yeah, I, I saw Holyfield for one play. But I think the the combination of Sony and Harrion is quite adequate, especially against South Carolina. Yeah, and then you add in the threat. It looks like Chubb will be back full stop. Um, and you add that to kind of the the. And he doesn't have to go the full. What, yeah, what it was the baseball analogy. He doesn't have a pitch count. It's not. He's, you can put him pitch on count. a pitch yeah. count. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it would be very surprising to see him run the ball thirty times sure. like he did against North Carolina. Yeah. And so, I, and, and well, because frankly, you have trust in those other guys. Absolutely. Yeah, you have trust in those absolutely. other guys, absolutely. especially Alex Shotgun. Yeah. Um, defensively. You know, they're going to try whatever. I mean, they're almost like Gaylord Perry, like their <laughs> junk ball pitcher. I mean, they're going to try anything uh, because, frankly, their offense isn't great. I mean, they're, you know, they're averaging, uh, you know, 104 yards a game rushing and 197 yards a game passing, which is going to put them in the lower quarter of all offenses in the nation. And all of their games have been ugly. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like all of their games. Have yeah. Been I mean, they're averaging 14 points a game. Yeah. Period. 14 points a game, straight up. And that's not great. I mean, and it's not like they have played – they played one competent team in Texas yeah. A&M. And not in that fun, exciting Big Ten way of yeah, 14 points yeah, a game. Yeah, it's not like Mike Brown's leaving the booth. So, um, I mean, they played Vanderbilt, and then they beat Vanderbilt late, 13-10. Uh, they played at Mississippi State, like Mississippi State coming off a loss to uh, South, South Alabama, Alabama, lost 27-14. Didn't South Alabama almost beat somebody else last week? Uh, South Alabama is better sure. than New Mexico. Yeah, they're they're in they're yeah. in uh, they're uh, Mobile. Better. Is that the name of the town? Say that again. I know we, we, you mobile. guys made fun of me for this uh, last year. That's why I'm repeating that again. Uh, <laughs> mobile Alabama. <laughs> they 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 beat East Carolina barely 2015. Then they lost at Kentucky and lost to Texas A&M 24-13. Uh, the thing that most impressed me is they held Texas A&M 24 points. Sure. Um, and that game was relatively close till late. I mean, McIlwain is is 56 of 106. So, yeah, he's only thrown two TD passes. They just they don't have a whole lot on offense that, that scares you. Now, again, this is South Carolina, Georgia, so there's always the possibility that this is the game that McIlwain comes out and goes, you know, 18 of 28 for 300 yards. And their field goal kicker hits four out of four field goals. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. Or they're, you know. I mean, their their top rusher um, is Turner, AJ Turner, who's at twenty two hundred ninety seven yards, um, and he's the only one that's averaging anything remotely related to competent rushing stats and at almost five yards a, a run. As a team, they're averaging below three and a half yards a run, um, and that counts. But that does count sacks. But again, they're not they're just not a very dynamic offensive football team, which. I think you could have guessed under Will yeah. Muschamp, and the, so. and the defense is not really there yet. Like this yeah. is not like some really imposing defense. Either. No, they've had they've had some imposing defenses in in years past. Yeah, but not this but year. Definitely not this year. Yeah. yeah, I mean they do have a lot of freshmen who play significant snaps. I mean when you look at their schedule, they they've got some ten or twelve seniors, another ten or twelve redshirt seniors, but a lot of these guys you're not going to see out there playing. Frankly. Um, They've got two place kickers and a a punter that are all seniors. <laughs> so yeah. you know that's Elliot Fry's a. I, I assume he was playing there. I think Tannehill was his original holder. Um, so I, I mean, when you break down this game, the eight points, if you were to be purely objective, 
seems really low almost, even though this game's being played in Columbia. Not being objective and being Georgia fans, you're always worried that we're going to figure out some way to, to screw this up. <laughs> uh, having gone to the House of, House of Horrors, that is William, William Bryce Stadium. Yeah, and it's funny because if that ha- like again, I, I think Georgia is a clear overwhelming favorite in this game, particularly with the way that they played last week. Mm-hmm. Like I think mm-hmm. if they played if they played like they did against Mississippi, maybe you're like Georgia's still better, but I don't know what's going on with these guys right now. I feel like last week, as frustrating as that loss was, it turned us all in a all right, this ship is in good hands, uh, sort of way. That makes me a lot less nervous about this game, which leads into the idea that You've got this game. You've got Miss. Uh, you got Vanderbilt. Noon start, by the way. I think we saw that was a noon start. I'm okay with that. Yeah, Vanderbilt no. feels like it. Oh, Vandy's a noon start. Vandy's yeah. a noon start. Vandy's a noon yeah. start. And like, there's gonna be a lot of noon starts next year. Yeah, I'm hoping. That, <laughs> I'm so confused. And Tony is the expert on this because I always get very confused now to live in a world where Mississippi and Georgia is a noon game, but Florida and South Carolina or Florida. Uh, I think who was it? The, the 7:30 game that night. The late game. Florida, Kentucky. Florida, Kentucky. Yeah. Like, that's the 730 game. That's SEC Network for you. But well, that's the thing is, I feel like I, I, I almost am less insulted by a noon start than I would have used to have been because clearly they're putting worse games at 730 if it's more convenient. Yeah, well, four years ago, um, it, it really depends on who picks up the ESPN package. Um, if Like, the week that we play Vandy, there's no SEC game on at noon. So they, they basically saved their better... They're better games for the, the, SC, the SEC network. Right. So right. Um, there's... But, but, but why didn't that happen for the Georgia-Mississippi game? That was the ESPN game. Right. That game, right. because right. ESPN picked that up as their national game. Right. Got it. Yeah. Uh, for their early slot game. And but it didn't used to be like that. No. The old rules were that uh, CBS got the first pick, which is still that way. And then ESPN got the next two picks or could pass on those picks. And then basically the conference would slot everything else in to that SEC game of the week at 1221. And then pay-per-view. Uh, yeah, you would have one pay-per-view a season. And then the rest of them would be scattered out other other properties. Jefferson Pilot, ESPN U. I mean, ESPN had basically had an obligation. We even had a couple on Fox. Yeah, Fox Sports South. Yep. So now now the deal is, is this part of the SEC network, is that CBS gets first pick. Right. That's- period. And then basically the conference works with ESPN to figure out where the rest of the games go with the caveat. And then they that- have the flex week, right? Yeah, well, the, the I'll, I'll, get, I'll talk about I'll talk about the place week and the double headers in a second. Sorry, go ahead. So basically, the only thing that is required by ESPN is that there are three games in SEC Network every week, at least three. And that week with with Vandy, there's actually all the games except for the the ESPN game. I think, um, I mean, the CBS game or SEC Network or alternate. Mm-hmm. So the flights game is that they get. Uh, I think once a season they get to say we're going to do six six day here. Um, so basically they wait, they get to hold they get to punt on that decision for six, until six days before kickoff. And then the double headers are CBS gets a one noon and three o'clock double. Have they had one yet? No, they're uh, November eighth is the. Uh, late one, the three thirty and eight thirty. Um, I know it's going to shock you, but that's that's Alabama LSU yeah. um, week. And then the next week, which is George Auburn, is the noon three thirty. Which is why we have played Auburn at noon more recently because CBS CBS basically gets to pick for the three thirty eight thirty. They get to they get to pick two games first right. for the three thirty and noon. They still get to pick one game first, and then they. Basically, get ESPN gets a pick, and then CBS gets another pick. And in those games, 
we would get Steve Berline, and yeah. he would for, yeah. for every year he would refer to him as Mike Richt. Yeah, <laughs> that's sharp. Oh, and of course, course, next year will be fun because for the first time, I'm assuming ever, or at least in years and years and years, George will play on NBC. What? Oh yeah, Notre I guess Dame. Notre Dame game. I forgot about Dame. that. They'll be on NBC. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe I won't Heinz be watching. Ward that. will be on the field doing a pregame. Yeah, one of my what? favorite factoids about I I'll make this very quick. My favorite factoids about Notre Dame football: they play the games on the Catholic Channel on, on Sirius Network. I did not know that. Really? They play the game, Notre Dame games on the Catholic Channel. Those I, people. My mother is the one that informed me of that. Of course she did. So, of course she did. Is is that it for the? Game? Well, I mean, I think the last part of the breakdown is that. South Carolina is a team that you don't want to let hang around. Nope. Vanderbilt made that mistake. Vanderbilt had three or four chances early to score and just bogged down inside the 10 and didn't score points. And that allowed South Carolina to stick around. Um, you know, that's, I mean, I think that's, that sounds like really trite, trite advice, but you know, there is one piece, a little bit of breaking news. Uh, there is an update that said that the, a decision probably wouldn't be made until tomorrow afternoon. Presumably, the National Weather Service they do basically three hour updates on these hurricanes until so the, Thursday, Wednesday, afternoon. Wednesday afternoon. So, so you might hear so this the first. noon or uh, three thirty um, hurricane update date. They're probably going to wait until then. So if you get this, Scott, if you're able to get this out by tomorrow morning, people conceivably could be listening to this. Before a decision's made. Well, I'll definitely fill them in. Yeah, yeah, I bet you will. I'll, uh, I've yeah, got yeah. a, I've got a line to Jim Cantori. <laughs> yeah, hey, if Jim Cantori shows up in Columbia, you can guarantee the game will be played. <laughs> yeah, um, it's gonna be bad news. Worth noting before we uh, get, uh, I don't know if we're in the game's next spot, but I'd like to note that I met several WSLS listeners. Uh, really? At the tailgate this weekend, I was yep. at Tony's tailgate, yep. and yep. then I went down to uh, to meet some of uh, my wife's friends from Columbus, Georgia. And there were many mm. listeners down there. Uh, I saw UGA Carey. I got to see UGA Carey. Oh, was she that. down there? Yeah, she was Good. down there. And um, and it was funny. The one thing, and they were all very. It was, I was. It was very. I very much enjoyed how everybody wanted to know. I. This is actually a true thing. Someone asked me, like, so, like, what's what are Tony and Scott like? And I felt like people were like, yeah, it's awesome, right? <laughs> I felt like like we're all like like we're all hosts on Morning Joe. Like, what's Mika like? And it was really fun. I actually. Got so, a, how did you uh, describe Tony and me? Uh, I, well, <laughs> clearly, I'm the saucy minx. <laughs> yeah. The, one's the one's the sweet one. One's the slutty one. Um, but, uh, they, uh, but I will say the one pe- I got one criticism about the show. It was a very light criticism is that they think the picks go on too long. Two people told me the picks went on too long. I can now, agree with that. Here's my thought on that. On one hand, I think that maybe it may be ostensibly true, but you know, I'm a heavy podcast listener and I find when I find podcasts that I really like, I often listen to them in the way that I get accustomed to listening to them. A great example of this is, of course, the solid verbal. Yeah. When they do the preview of all the games yeah. on Wednesday, once they get to the Patriot League, yes, I'm uh, done. Fast forward. I'm done. Yes. I'm done with the podcast. I could like, care less about Fordham. And I know they're being funny, and I know it's playful, but I I just, like, I listen to them to be funny, smart people talking about games that I care about. Yes. It doesn't mean they don't do a good job in that. It just means... Like we have the point is if we have your download, you may do whatever you wish. Yeah, with it, the show, it's funny. I get this. I, I kind of get that occasionally too. I met I met two or three people at the Mississippi game. Oh really? Yeah, in the stadium. Yeah, uh, yeah. Silver Bridges. I can't 
Audrey Neely. So he just came and was like, hey, I love what you're doing. I was like, uh, how you doing, man? <laughs> yeah. He said, you're Tony, aren't you? I was like, I don't know who's asking. <laughs> um, but, uh, Do you have an envelope with a subpoena? <laughs> yeah, that's what I was a little worried about. But he had the same, he basically had the same advice. Like, love what y'all do, but man, y'all, y'all talk a lot about the picks. And I was like, well, that's the only time we're actually have a chance of being right. <laughs> yes, exactly. Right. So, so I feel like that is, I, I, there's a reason we do the picks last. That's right. It is. That is. So Speaking having picks, said that, that's a good segue right into the picks. Hey, who's leading? Not me. Uh, yeah, I was going to check that. Um, so we do have quite a few people uh, entering, uh, mm-hmm. so that's good. So the standings for the season through five weeks, and you got to love this name. Number one, Hunk of Gristle. Yeah, man. Hunk of Gristle. I mean, does it get much better than that? They Is are Hunka. Gristle? Hunk Hunk O Hunk O. Hunk o um, there's gristle. no F. There's no. It's not of Hunk yeah. O Gristle. He's Irish. Yeah, and and then and it's funny. He gives kind of a little caveat. He says younger brother of Dogfight Fifty Six. Uh, so whatever that means. That's a long team name. But he has four hundred twenty four points. He's leading by six over J J A Heigl. So Mister um, Leach is really doing killing well. it. He is doing well. He is in sixteenth place all by himself. And he's only 19 points off the total. Lead. I have to say, if I win this thing, I, I mean, if I win the all together, forget just beating you guys, because obviously, I mean, that's going to happen. Um, well, clearly. <laughs> well, Tony and I are down in the 70s. Yes, uh, he's with uh, 347 points, and I'm at 346. I think one problem I have is that I make the picks, and then I don't adjust the confidence levels from the order that I pick them in. So. That could Wait, be so you my... just go in order? Oh, Jesus. Yeah. Well, Wait a minute, no yeah. you haven't been trying? Uh, no, no, oh I, God, I forget. That scares me. I forget, I forget. So let's get into the picks uh, for a week. <laughs> yeah, that's, I have to say, you'd be doing a lot better if you I weren't know. doing that. I know, I, just, I have a lot of things like producing the podcast. <laughs> I understand, and I understand. Uploading it. So, um, so yeah, we'll, we will start with uh, 3-1 Georgia Southern at 0-4 Arkansas <laughs> State. Southern. Southern. In light of uh, making this quick this week, I'll pick Southern as well. And um, apparently, this is the highest. No matter what happens, this will be your highest. This will be my highest confidence pick. Yeah, <laughs> I want you to start is... putting uh, putting the Georgia game. Like it's just funny. Like you need because Tony puts this 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 together. Do you pick the order of the games, or do you just no, throw them up there? No, they're automatically come up, and when their games are played, when the game starts. Yes. Yeah, so the Friday night games and the Thursday night games are very important for you, Scott. And, and this week we have a Wednesday night game. No, People need to pay no, attention that's to that. Tomorrow. That is tomorrow. That's that Georgia is Wednesday. Southern. When you're listening, it's Wednesday afternoon. Yes. Do it right now. Yeah. yeah. Go do it. All right. I'm glad I noticed that because I'd have blown it. Yeah, yeah you would have. Um, uh, disappointing Oklahoma. How are they still ranked 20th? Anybody? Talent. Anybody? Red the Red River Shootout. Yes. Am I allowed to say that? I think so. I they think renamed so. it the Red River Rivalry. Rivalry yeah. yeah. Like, uh, they're playing Texas. For, for what it's worth, I, I'll be very brief about this. I love this game. I love neutral site games. <laughs> Have I you just, been to this game? I've not been to this game, but I'm a sucker for these. Uh, my, uh, Of course, obviously, uh, Georgia-Florida is the, the pinnacle of them, but this is up there with it as well. Um, in, in basketball, Illinois-Missouri is my personal favorite yeah. one of these. Yeah. It's just an absolutely terrific one. I used to joke when I worked for New York Magazine that um, when, Brook, when the Knicks play at Brooklyn... It's one of these because they basically when the, now when the Cubs play at the Brewers, yeah, it's one of these. Yeah. But uh, uh, but this is like a legitimate one. I love the game. I have to say, I always thought that it felt like Charlie Strong has been under the gun since his second game uh, at Texas. 
But it looks like it's kind of, it's starting to that Notre Dame win, which is really saving him a lot now. It's doesn't look completely looking yeah, horrible. It doesn't look like it's a good win at all. I so. mean, Notre Dame lost to like Xavier High School this week, right? Yeah, they, it's a bad spot. It's a bad spot. So, well, you I, can tell that the networks don't think much of it. It's on FS1. Yeah, FS1. Yes. Yeah, so, uh, so, what do you think of FS1? Uh, I think that uh, Clay Travis. I'm impressed that he's able to walk upright uh, and uh, not knock Wait, over the Clay seat. Travis walks upright. Well, I mean, you know he's married to a cheerleader. Did really, you know that? Is he a lawyer? Apparently. Um, so I'll Who do you take, got? Who do you I'll got? Take, I'll take Oklahoma. For what it's worth, now that Skip Bayless is at, and Jason Whitlock are at FS1, Clay Travis is no longer my, my least favorite person <laughs> at, uh, at FS1. That is subtraction by more subtraction. And, uh, for the record, I actually find Clay to be a generally friendly person. As I say every time in this podcast when Clay comes up, I personally speaking, I have no issues with Clay whatsoever, unlike, say, Jason Whitlock, who's an insane person. But Clay, my problem with Clay is always he's smarter than this and he knows better than this. He just plays up a character. Oh, okay. people stirred up. I think his misogynist is a jackass. Yeah, I, I don't know if he, I don't actually think he is that. I think he's playing to to a certain audience to to play that up, well, which is I find maybe even more offensive. Oklahoma, Oklahoma as well. Let's talk about Clay Travis another twenty minutes. <laughs> um, George, the next thing is you talk about Clay Travis. You guys Travis too much. We that part is you know I didn't even know who Clay Travis was till we all started talking about this guy. Yeah, um, George, he's the third worst. Can I get to the Panthers? Yes. Uh, Georgia State, who went to a bowl last year, is not capitalizing on their no. bowl bid last year. They're 0-4, and they're hosting Texas State, which could get bumped to some other day that's irrelevant because Georgia and South Carolina play in the Dome. No, that, that game's playing in the Dome. At, they might move it up to twelve to 1230 or something, but Texas State. It's worth noting quickly, Georgia State, of course, only has a couple more years left in the Dome because, uh, of course, they're going to play the Mercedes-Benz Center for a couple years, but then they will be playing at Turner Field. That's where uh, Georgia State will be playing. It's, which I think is a fun potential road trip for us all to go to uh, see what a football. Let me know how it is, Georgia State. You know what? I'm changing my pick. I'm gonna pick State. No, I went and looked at their schedule. Look, they they went on the road and only lost by 14 to App State. They almost beat Wisconsin. Almost beat Wisconsin. I yeah. Um, I'm, I mean, I'm, cha- and a half I'm changing my mind. I'm changing my mind. Okay. They cost Illinois a bowl bit. We just had so eight people you. drop off. Yes. Uh, I'm gonna go with Texas State in case anybody cares. Uh, Georgia Tech. At Pittsburgh, they're both three and two, and Pittsburgh is favored by a touchdown. I'm taking Pittsburgh. Pitt. I'm going to take Georgia Tech. Well, I've got all road teams. Well, no, not really, because Oklahoma's neutral site. Anyway, Florida State, who lost a heartbreaker to UNC, and then you saw what the kicker did after that. He taunts the fans, which was, I mean, I think that's great. They go to Mark Richt. Uh, yeah. You think uh, any wide right talk will be held over? I mean, think about all the storylines to this. Uh, you know, Richt being the offensive coordinator, and then, you know, he he did face Florida State in the Sugar Bowl in 2001 or 2002, or probably 2003 because that was New Year's Day. Anyway, um, he's playing against uh, his old team in where do they play now in Miami? Think, Sun Life? I think so. Yeah, yeah. Or the Marlins so. Park? No, yeah, he'll play at Marlins Park. Park. I think it's on there. Yeah. All right. I mean, how about the fact that Miami is under Mark Richt in this first year in their Oh, I didn't year? mention they're ranked 10th in the nation. They are three and a half point favorites on Florida State, a team that was considered a national championship That's contender right. at the beginning of the year. That uh, I'm excited about, like, we've all, let's not re-legislate Mark Richt, but you've got to be happy for... Guys, have got a top Absolutely. ten team right now. Absolutely, I think that ends now. I think Florida State has a ton of talent. Miami has looked good so far. I think they're a little out over their skis over here. I can't believe they're actually. I get the Florida State has struggled and has not been as good as they thought, 
but I do not see them uh, beating beating Florida State. I'll pick I'll pick Florida State. Yeah, I, I think that's right. Miami's the putting them tenth seems really weird to me, it considering they've weird. beat a Georgia Tech team that is lucky to have won three games and App State, which you know we still don't know a whole lot about Tennessee, other than that Josh Dobbs can throw a pass. <laughs> I'm going to go with Miami. Wow. Trick. Wow. Well, it doesn't matter. I mean, I'll put it up in whatever yeah. confidence. <laughs> you'll you'll rank in. it 17th. Right, right. Virginia Tech at North Carolina. That This is an interesting game to me. They're both ranked. Yeah, they're both ranked. North Carolina is ranked now in a way yes. that Georgia is. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Which is kind of um, a crazy thought. You know, they North Carolina it feels like a team that has gotten a lot of breaks since the Georgia game. Including um, playing Illinois. Including playing <laughs> Illinois. <laughs> Uh, but then you look at it, Virginia Tech. They their schedule is kind of weak. Um, that being said, I just uh, I just think Virginia Tech wins this game, um, and I have no reason to think that other than North Carolina is coming off a really great performance. And though they're going to be coming off, they were high, and I think they're going to have a letdown game. Here, here's the, here's my funny thought about North Carolina. What if this is exactly like last season? And they lose mm-hmm. the oh my god! They just roll it out. They were like, "Imagine they lost to a terrible Georgia team." <laughs> right? Wow! I hadn't even thought of that. Well, that. based on that thinking, I'm going to go with uh, the Tar Heels. Yeah, I picked North Carolina as well. All right. Well, this one is uh, William F. Leach special. Mm-hmm. The Boilermakers of Purdue visit one and three Illinois, and Illinois is favored by double digits. Yeah, Purdue Ready, is in, go. Yeah, Purdue. Purdue is in a rough spot. Sorry. Okay, this is your minute. Yeah, Purdue is in a rough spot. Uh, it's funny, you know, Illinois ended up losing by 15 at Nebraska last week. Nebraska's, I think, a top 15 team now. Illinois led that game in the fourth quarter. They were yeah. 16-13 in the fourth quarter. Uh, they kind of ran out of gas. Uh, there's not a lot of depth on Illinois. But after pretty ter- – like, if you may – I think someone said – I think Bill Connolly had that Illinois has one of the five toughest schedules in football so far. All the teams they've lost to have only lost one game. Western Michigan uh, is undefeated. North Carolina's only losses to Georgia. Uh, Illinois, and then of course they lost Nebraska, who's also undefeated. So they've not lost to terrible teams. Purdue is bad. Illinois looked a lot better against Nebraska than they looked before. I think Illinois wins, and I think they even cover. Yeah, you saw the uh, saw the Josh Whitman announced a like a hundred thirty yes. million dollar addition. So two, two, I think one, Illinois seven. wins a big. I'll go with Lovey Smith as well. Now we get into the SEC. They're games that matter. Um, kicking off at- because it matters more here. It does. It does. Kicking off at noon, LSU visits the Swamp. Dude, this game is weird, right? It's, it's so, so weird. It always is. It you are I so badly, so badly want to pick LSU because of last week and everything they saw. We saw if this game were in Death Valley, I would say, yeah, that's a this is a no brainer. Um, but just Florida's defense is, has been really crazy good. LSU struggled offensively. You know, I reserve the right to change my mind, but you know, sitting here Tuesday night, I'm picking Florida. I know that it's just Missouri, but LSU looked pretty good last week against a Missouri team that took Georgia down to the very wire, and I think impressed us a little bit in that game. Unless you really didn't have a lot of trouble with him, Orgeron has shown that he's really good with, like, as an interim coach, he was really good with USC and gave it over to a coach that seems to not have that going at all. I like LSU in this game, and I actually feel pretty comfortable about it. I'm going to say go Gator. Well, you hope you didn't say that. <laughs> you can say you think they're going to win. Um, Tennessee at Texas A&M. 
Wow, let me set that up a little better. <clears throat> Undefeated Tennessee, ranked number ninth in the nation, travels to College Station to face number eight. College Game Day will be there, and Texas A&M and Trevor Knight and his boys are favored by seven and a half points over the Vols. I think Texas A&M uh, is maybe the better team. Uh, maybe the better team. I think they're roughly even. But after what Tennessee has done the last two weeks, I think Tennessee can play terrible for for the first three and a half quarters and somehow pull out a win. Uh, the way they're going right now, I think it's going to take Alabama. I think they pretty much secure the SEC East, I'm afraid, afraid to say. And I think they actually pull off this road win. The team of Destiny bullshit ends this week. Nice. A&M houses them. Oh, houses. Does not let them come back after going up by 21. Yeah, I'm I'm picking with my heart and mind and everything, fingers crossed, that Texas A&M beats Tennessee. I'm picking with my ankle. <laughs> You've been uh, waiting your whole life to use that line. <laughs> this is so awesome. The 4 o'clock SEC Network alternative special, <laughs> Vanderbilt visits Kentucky. <laughs> is, that, yeah, is, is that like the fourth alternate network? <laughs> yeah, that's actually on – it's on Channel 17 in, yeah. in Rome. Um I think Fandy. Yeah. You I've would, already said too much about this game. Yeah, you have. I'm picking a Dougie, actually. I'm going with Vandy and uh, and my favorite ex-Baltimore Ravens wide receiver coach. Auburn at Mississippi State. Both teams have two losses. Auburn's tree went up in flames a couple weeks ago. They beat a That's why they can't terrible nice team. <laughs> yeah, no, they beat a terrible La Monroe team last week. They've never been to Auburn. <laughs> sowed their oats and thought they were great again, and uh, they're going to Dan Mullen. I hope Dan Mullen puts it on him, and I'm going to go ahead and give my pick. I hope Mississippi State wins by 38 points. Could there be an argument that in Auburn a burning tree is? This is nice Auburn's thing? first road trip of the season. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to get. I'm trying to get better at these. It digs. Should, it, that was actually awesome. I would say that it's a sign for. It's a, a message from God to give up. <laughs> yeah, it's a. Is the burning bush? It's like no, just burn down the town. Yeah, there's some guy named same. Uh, there's some guy <laughs> named Aaron, but like, but I mean, come on, is we've it, read about this. This is the dumbest <laughs> tradition. I mean, everybody has their traditions, but. N- never. Let's put flammable things on the tree. Exactly. Well, In a place where everybody smokes. <laughs> yeah. I'm surprised that hadn't happened before. Yes. Uh, I will. I'm taking Auburn in this game, though. I'm. Uh, I feel like that. Uh, yeah. That survival game against LSU. I'm actually taking. Yes, that. Auburn. Auburn. Okay, I got Mississippi State. Uh, Alabama at Arkansas. Brett, what do you got? Hey, Bert. Uh, Alabama's gonna. Alabama's gonna. It's gonna take two people to hold them up and them <laughs> kicked until they die. But still, they're gonna hold them up and pick. I feel like this is gonna be a a, a little tighter. I, I I I don't see this being as blowout. But I don't know how you can pick uh, against Alabama right now. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm going with uh, Crimson Tide. It says it's seven thirty, or I'm sorry, it says it's nineteen thirty. Because <laughs> um, you you like to choose military time here, but I'm getting better at it. Seven thirty at Williams Bryce Stadium. Not really. Uh, Georgia is going to play South Carolina sometime this weekend. Yes, sometime. somewhere. We have a better team. We have we have a better coach. We have a better team. We have a better freshman quarterback. We have better running backs. We have more talent on defense. I think we have a better offensive coordinator. I know we have a better defensive coordinator. I think this is finally the game we've been waiting on to say, "Oh, thank God, we actually can go out and win a ball game and do so in a convincing fashion." I agree. It's kind of sad that that hasn't happened yet. But I mean, uh, I guess the North Carolina game was close. But close, but it still, didn't, it didn't. I it mean, they were behind yeah. ten points late in the third quarter. So I agree. I think this is the game. Yeah, I I think I said uh, the, my preview for the North Carolina game was this, they're going to be like Alabama. They're going to be like Alabama. They're going to 
Yeah, uh, keep it close and then run away late. I feel like this is the game they actually do it. I can see them them winning. What's, what's the spread? Seven and a half. Seven. I think Georgia covers that. Yeah, we can't drop to three and three. That was never on the table for us when we were doing our preseason. I know that some of us said we'd go nine and three, maybe eight and four, but this was not one of those games that we had penciled in to lose, and I still don't think that's going to happen. I don't know if we cover the spread because weird things happen in Columbia or at the Georgia Dome or at Elbert County High School in the Granite Bowl where they Granite might Bowl. play there. Yeah. So um, I'm going to pick Georgia. It's not going to be pretty. It's not going to be easy. But I do think that the cardiac dogs are back again, as they have been just about every week. But we pull out a victory this time and don't have to suffer through another Sunday podcast like we did. Hi, guys. I'm curious if they lose, if they would have lost that Tennessee game the way everybody thought they were going to lose. Yeah, like by what, 14 points? 10, 14 points. points, Tennessee's just. I'm really nervous about this game. Uh, But I have to say, I'm not. Like, I'm actually not particularly nervous about this game. I think we saw enough good stuff from them to think that they're not a team that's going to lose at a pretty weak South Carolina team. I think that's a good point. Yeah, I think that's... I mean, look, this is a game, by all rights, if you just look at the objective stuff, we should win. And we should win in a way that we're happy with. Um, I know Georgia fans can can find reason to be not happy at everything. But this this is the kind of game where we should win and be happy at. But frankly, after the season, I, you know, we can win by one point like we did against Missouri, and I'm going to be happy because we're still young, we still have a brand new coach, and we're still there's a lot of on job training that's happening. Uh, we grew up a little bit last week. I mean, now we go on the road again to play a team that, frankly, we match up better against than we did against Missouri, especially looking at what Missouri had done up to the and apparently game. Nichols. And, and, and then, by the way, and Nichols, Nichols has not been bad. Have you guys looked at Nichols? I've, no, I haven't no, scared no. to death. I mean, I know they're afraid they lost fifty nine to yeah. nothing. I know they beat Wisconsin Whitewater. Let's let's go to Columbia or or the Georgia Dome or Boone or wherever it is we're going to play them, and let's just whip their ass. I like that. Sounds good. To I me. like that. So um, usually this is the part in the in the I almost said tailgate part in the podcast where I've started instituting my three questions. Mm-hmm. Um, in lieu of time and preparedness and everything else like that, I don't have three questions today. But I did have one question. I don't know how this is going to come out. This might be totally confusing. It might go over like a lead balloon. But I had a thought as I was driving today because I was sitting there thinking about what is the Georgia schedule going to look like at the end of the season? What's the ledger going to look like? Because I know we said nine and three or eight and four, ten and two at the beginning of the season. So. The way I was going to relay this to y'all is, Will, you're a big movie guy, mm-hmm. right? And I'm sure you've probably seen this movie. I know I've seen it about eight times, and maybe you've reviewed it. But there was a movie back, I guess, in the early 90s uh, based on a board game called Clue mm-hmm, with uh, Tim Curry, mm-hmm. one of my favorite movies yeah. of all time. Because I, I have a, th- I have a thing about that movie. Yeah? Because it was, it was before the 90s because that movie, one of the reasons that movie became very popular, it was one of the first movies that came out. Remember when v- v- VCR tapes, VHS tapes were like $99? Yeah. They used to like cost that. And then once they realized, oh, wait, we, people want to have the home collections. So they cut it down to like 20 or $25 and they started showing movies more on HBO so that you could record them. Clue was one of those first movies that happened. So a lot of people our age have actually seen Clue dozens of times even though really in the theater nobody really watched it right so no i saw it all at home of course i, I, I don't know anyone that saw it in the theater so i, I was wondering like so, so i people, feel like I've, I've seen that movie hundreds of times so people will understand what i'm about yes, to try I think to it reference is a very popular movie okay so the fact that okay so all of you listening think think about the movie clue 
And what made that movie great, it's not like if Mr. Green killed somebody in the conservatory with the Professor the Plum. Yeah, Professor Plum. Mustard. Mustard. The My favorite part of the movie, as everybody's favorite part of the movie, and even when my kids saw it, they love this part, is how you think it's over. Mm-hmm. And then they said, but that's not how it really happened. Right. Here's what happened. And then it says, but that's not what really happened. Here's what really happened. And it ended up being where Mr. Green was an FBI agent, mm-hmm. and he stated... Yes. That I and killed. not gay, by the way. That's, <laughs> yeah, that's like another, right. that's another. Like I'm gonna go home and sleep with my. And everybody wife. watching it back then was like, yeah, yeah. Like right. 1985 is like, yeah, you're not one of them. <laughs> yeah, go get him. Yeah. And then that's like the big pick you up to walk out of the right, oh my God. which doesn't make any sense nowadays. <laughs> now it's just like, Ew. anyway. No, now I'm thinking about Dragnet. Oh, Dragnet, yes, yeah, yes. with Dan Aykroyd. Yeah. And- so yeah, let me ahead, let me get ahead, to yes, my sorry. point. Why I brought this up. So Georgia is now three and two. Yes, um, it's been a little schizophrenic so far. So the way I wanted to relay this this question was if Georgia's football season is the game of Clue and the movie, and you're watching the movie and then it ends and they say, but that's not what really happened. Mm-hmm. This is what really happened. I want y'all to tell me. Look, look into your crystal ball at the end of the game or the movie of Clue and tell me what really happens this season at almost the halfway point when when all the cards have been played, when all the downs have been played, and we have just finished Georgia Tech or maybe the SEC championship game right before the bowl game. Tell me what really happened in this movie that we're watching right now, which is the Cardiac Dogs. Well, I would argue that one question I have about this premise, are we assuming that all history up toward now is set in stone? Or can we like no? What really happened was no, 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 no. It's set in stone. It's okay. okay yeah. Okay. I know well, that would be more fun for you, but that would be really crazy. So we can't go back and adjust history. No, 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 no. Okay. And it, we're three and two, but I want you to project forward. Right. Okay. Well, project forward. So just we're just projecting what happened. Yeah. So, I just uh, I just wanted to throw that yeah, in there. And, um, uh, I want to know what really happened. Like, okay, so so maybe maybe put it this way, where what people. What the masses think will happen based on the ending of, of the last game, but what what's really going to happen, Will? I think if they can get away with one more loss and walk out nine and three, I think there'll be some disappointment because I feel like they're probably going to be. We'll see. I think right now, would you guess that Florida Georgia right now would be an even line? I think it'd be pretty close, right? Georgia Florida. Sorry, yeah, Georgia Florida. <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. Uh, again, going alphabetically. Uh, Florida. Yes, I, I, I think it's probably right even, now, right? right now, right I now. Think you guys yelled at me last for that last year too. Um, so Georgia, Florida is probably even. So, that, but other than that, I think Georgia is clearly going to be favored in every game, and any loss they have has to be considered a considerable disappointment. So at that, so going with the idea of uh, Georgia, Florida is 50-50 and they're favored in other games. That means the expected loss total should be three. Okay. Because you're either going to lose the 50-50 game or you're going to lose it's below 50% chance that you're going to that you're going to have uh um uh, less than 3 losses. So, to me, if you go 9 and 3, you've got to be happy. I think that's I think 9 and 3 is probably the answer. I think 10 and 2 is absolutely on the table. So, what really happens? What really happens is 9 and 3. I would say 10 and 2 is my is what I believe. I if you ask if you woke me up and say what's Georgia going to do, I'm like ten and two, ten and two. Because right. I feel like they can win every game. I think they end up nine and three. Um, I think what people are going to see in this movie is exactly what Bill Conley has put out in his S and P rankings. He's got us now between seven and eight wins, which you know it's hard to argue with the way we've looked and in the way some other teams looked. What I think Bill Conley's rankings are missed, I think we have been, I mean, we have been historically bad 
at special teams. Historically bad at special teams. I think that's going to improve. We've also kind of been historically bad at defense and how, and in in some certain parts of offense. And I think that has a lot of room to improve. Um, that being said, I feel like there's another loss on the table. I started at nine and three. I'm going to stay at nine and three. As much as it pains me to say, it feels like that game is Georgia Florida right now. But I mean, Florida could continue to go downhill, and I could change my mind. Or Auburn could get much better. Or Tech could right. get much better, and I could change my mind. But sitting here today, nine and three feels right. There's another game out there where we're going to lose because we don't have. We're a young team with a young coach, but I mean, I don't think that game is. Vanderbilt. I don't think that game's Kentucky. I certainly don't think that game's UL Monroe. Frankly, I don't think that game's Georgia Tech. So that basically lives Auburn and Kentucky left Auburn in the Florida. hopper. For our Auburn, Florida in the hopper. And among those, it's, it's easy to say Florida would be the one most likely. Okay, so that's uh, that's not, what, you nine think three. Is what yeah. really is going to happen. So, uh, you know, I hear what you and Will are saying. I think that uh, the movie that we're watching, most people would probably agree Nine and three, eight and four, even seven and five is on the table. Seven and five, I think, is a bad thing. Though, it's on the table because you're losing. It's on the table, but I mean, I think I'll put it this way: as much many issues as I think this this team has had, I think ten and two is more likely than seven and five. Here's what's really going to happen. Okay, Here, I'm going to try to really drive. There's people yelling at me right now, like this is the dumbest premise I've ever heard. But I came up with it in my car as I was driving back from uh, flag football. But here's what's really going to happen. It was such a gut-wrenching loss to me mm-hmm. and everybody in that stadium, but that's going to be a rallying point, and here comes the uh, glass-half-full kind of guy. I think we're about to go on an epic run to really bring home the season, and we're going to be looking back going like, oh my gosh, if we just had knocked down that oh, yeah. uh, pass, yeah. we could be playing for the national championship. I, mean, I think we will. I, I, I can see that. So. I think I don't know what Tennessee is going to do. I don't think we're going to make it to the SC championship game, but I do think that this team, yes, this team, because really think about it, it's going to sound crazy, but there's no hard teams left on the schedule. Georgia's going ten and two this year, and will make a Florida ball game, and we're going to be looking back at that Tennessee, going like, man, what yeah. could have been? And it's going to be the same thing that we usually experience. So that is what's really going to happen this year. For the, let me just for the sake of discussion, the last we'll close up with this because uh, which I love, I like where your head's at. Um, if they, for the record, I think we all, need, if we want to have the possibility of that still happening, of them, of them still making the SEC championship game, we need obviously Tennessee to lose this week. Yes, because if they lose this week, then assuming they lose Alabama, but then you need after that. Oh God, it's stupid. It's not going to happen. I know, but just for the sake of discussion. Just for the they have to lose a combination of Vanderbilt, Kentucky, and um, at South Carolina, nope. South Carolina, home against and Missouri, uh, home against Kentucky, home against Missouri at Vanderbilt. No, nope. obviously unlikely. <laughs> but listen, if we're talking about Georgia, no, no, we're I talking know. about Georgia being anything other than nine and three. We're talking about Georgia losing to one of those teams. It's going to be very and Georgia pretty much beat Tennessee. It's going to be very much. reminiscent of 2007 when this very thing happened, and then all you needed was Kentucky to lose a couple games, or I mean, so I'm sorry, Tennessee, Tennessee to lose game. one time, yeah. and they tried to lose <laughs> they one tried time. Tried to lose hard, and yeah. they kicked like a crazy like 50 something yard field goal to against beat Kentucky, Kentucky, right? Kentucky, yeah. that kept us out, and that kept us out of the national championship game that LSU ended up winning with two losses that year. Anyway, and, and, and here's the thing about that is that. I think a lot of people in August would have said three and two heading into the South Carolina game would make them feel pretty good. But we also, I mean, we ended up winning the game 
pretty convincingly by the score, not by stats, but by score against North Carolina. So expectations were raised, right? If you had said we were going to, you know, we were going to be a real close game against North Carolina, we we're going to lose a close game to Tennessee, uh, 4-0 Tennessee, and a close game to Mississippi, we're like, okay, 3-2 and we're fine with. But we went out and we beat North Carolina seemingly convincingly. And then we went to, then two, we lost two games in a row. We thought we were going to lose. A lot of people thought we were going to lose all along. And one of them was a, a crap show and one of them was a heartbreaker. And now we're like, yeah, well, well, the best we can finish is seven five. Yeah. That uh, I just I can't buy that premise yeah. because I don't. First off, football teams don't really operate. I mean, they can, but I haven't seen that out of this football team. They they don't operate. If they were going to operate that way, they would have got wiped up. They would Tennessee. have tanked this yep. week. Right. Yep. All right. All right. All right. Well, I think I'm ready then. Yep. Let's make okay. it happen. I'm glad to be back. By the way, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm gonna. I, I, I'm. It's all kind of uh, start and go when I'm able to do some. But I'm always here for Sundays, and I'm just glad I got to be here tonight. You know what I need to do? I need to get you some business cards that say WSLS podcast, and you start handing them out to all those people in New York. Yeah, when you're cats. What's your deli? Uh, my deli. I picked the whatever bodega makes me a grilled cheese and bacon on wheat. That is. All I need. On wheat? Okay. Yeah. I thought you went to the same deli all the time. No, no, no. So. I'm staying in different hotels every time now. So. Oh, are you? Okay. It's actually kind of a sad one this week because I thought I was going to be watching a Cardinals wildcard game. So yeah. I got a hotel right next to the Cardinals bar. And the now, Cardinals bar is right there by You can go there. Yeah. You can go to that bar. They're just not going to be watching the Cardinals Yeah, game. which means I'm not going to be watching them. <laughs> I'm having a hard time accepting they're still playing baseball. Yeah. yeah. I've been in that bar a couple times. Yeah, Foley's. Nice. Yeah, yeah. yeah, Foley's. There you yeah. go. Yeah. So. All right. All right. Have a good week, everyone. Hopefully, there will be a game. Hopefully, there will be. A game. Yeah, yeah. This this should be interesting. So tune in to the WSLS podcast Twitter account, and we will keep you up yes. to date. We're the only place that will have the news. We're the yeah, only so place. No attention anywhere else. Yeah, yeah. all 150 something of y'all that follow us on Twitter. Please stay tuned. Hey, spread the word, guys. Spread the word. <laughs> all right. Uh, hey, uh, go dogs. Go dogs. Thanks so much for listening. I hope you followed along with my clue analogy. You did, didn't you? If you didn't or were completely annoyed by the premise, I apologize. But just as football plays sometimes look great on paper and they don't always work out, maybe that's how my question for Tony and Will went. Nevertheless, we always enjoy interacting with our podcast followers, so feel free to send us a tweet. If you can find our show, well, you can find our show at WSLS Podcast on Twitter. It's been a while since we received an iTunes review as well. So if you could take a couple of minutes, and literally it takes like three minutes, to provide us some feedback, I'll read it on one of our upcoming episodes. How's that? So good luck to the dogs, wherever they might play this weekend. I hope you and your family have a great rest of your week, and we'll see you on campus quite soon. I said quite. Might should be very soon. Anyway, take care.